The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So a very warm welcome this evening. Very happy to have your company as well as that of Anne. Um, We've been practicing all week this week with meeting hindrances or obstacles to freedom with these Brahma Viharas of kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. So we've practiced being aware if any of the four hindrance, the first four hindrances were present on successive evenings from Monday through Thursday, starting with wanting things a certain way, having to have them a certain way, uh, greed for sensual pleasure, that first hindrance, or not wanting things the way they already are, which is aversion. We practiced on Wednesday recognizing sloth and torpor if they were present, and last night with restlessness and worry. It's such an important movement of compassion to recognize the presence of a hindrance if it's coming up, even as we do uh, any kind of Brahma-Vihara practice, it's possible that one of the hindrances could be present. And by recognizing it, being aware of it, it allows us the possibility of letting go into meeting reality just as it is and continuing our Brahma-Vihara practice. So today we'll look into the fifth and perhaps the most dangerous of the hindrances, doubt. It's dangerous because it can derail our practice and keep the mind agitated. It can also become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If we doubt ourselves or the practice so much, we may stop practicing. So there are a number of ways that hindering doubt can show up. By the way, the hindrance is not the same as having questions about what's being discussed or what you're experiencing in practice, what you're learning. Questions are great or curiosity that you can use to explore or investigate your practice is encouraged in Buddhist practice. Um, there's the phrase um, ehipasiko, uh, which means come and see for yourself. So asking questions, learning more, finding answers is a wonderful way to, to learn. But when we encounter this hindrance of doubt, it's a bit different than that. It can show up as vacillation about whether or not to practice, or it can show up as not feeling able to engage in meditation, not settling into it, not maybe not fully trying it, sort of holding it at arm's length. Um, sometimes we're blocked in those areas by a lot of thoughts about it. Uh, the thoughts can be doubts in the teacher, doubts in the teaching or the Dharma, or doubts in oneself, uh, your ability to practice. So as far as doubts in the teacher, you're very much encouraged to check into a teacher. See if there's someone whose talks, methods, 
behavior speaks to you and reflects the qualities to which you aspire. And if not, definitely find another teacher, other teachers in whom you can develop trust. Then if you are having doubts in the practice, you're encouraged to seek suggestions and wisdom from teachers you respect, Dharma friends, books, as well as deeply and deliberately exploring and finding out what's actually happening. Another obstacle that can happen is doubt in yourself, a lack of confidence, maybe thinking you can't do the practice or that there's something missing in you. And this can get you into constant internal conflict. People can sort of stew in thoughts of personal inadequacy. And these arise very often out of being too focused on maybe what you think is the goal, like overwhelming yourself with how far you are from the end point, from liberation, as though you're supposed to leap to the top of Mount Everest in one step. Or it can come from another, uh, a number of other causes, doubt in ourselves, life history, um, other experiences. And it's very important in this case to, again, seek the support of teachers you trust and return your attention from thinking to taking one step at a time. Um, spending, instead of looking at this goal that seems so far away, spending your energy on the step you're on right now. And this can be as simple as this one breath or this half a breath that I'm on in this moment. Um, I'm, I'm running through the panoply here of causes, but just to name them so people can see if this has been true for them. Uh, doubt could be based sometimes in resistance to change. So if change has been difficult in other areas of your life, there are probably very good reasons for that. But taking that into account as you go through this, not assuming that because change is bringing resistance that that's telling you you can't do this. So one of the most powerful ways to overcome doubt is to make a soft mental note of it. Name it. Doubt. Doubt is here right now. Sometimes it takes the power out of it, just being aware that it's present and perhaps reminding yourself that there's no reason to believe the way thinking can run away with doubt. Um, it can be possible to just return to awareness from that labeling process. Other times we might need to question a deeply held belief or look into unresolved feelings that have been ignored or suppressed or even challenge ideas we have about self-identity, uh, self sometimes negative self-identity. So we have to sometimes uncover and stop believing thoughts that get in the way or erode our confidence. Um, sometimes it helps to remind oneself that it's much more interesting if we can let go a little of self-preoccupation and get interested in the details of practice or the areas that have more juice for you. So the Brahma Viharas are wonderful for being areas that 
that can feel good to people. Um, practicing in daily life, sending out loving kindness as you go through your day, sending out compassion as you go through your day. These can be areas that help you let go of self-preoccupation. All the Brahma Viharas have that characteristic when we say them for someone else or when we radiate those feelings. So focusing on what we can do rather than what we might not be able to do yet um, and appreciating wholesome or pleasant states or changes, as I say, even tiny ones, confidence in, okay, I was aware for this half breath. I sent that thought, that wholehearted thought, may you be well, may you be happy, may you be free of suffering. Recognizing that and landing on that, that is how the practice is built one step at a time. And I'm emphasizing these hindrances this week so that we don't feel that we have to um, do a bypass of what is actually arising. If on a particular evening doubt is arising, we can turn our attention towards it with compassion, with kindness, and then that enables us to return to the Brahmi Viharas in a way that offers strength to the practice. So finally, remember what inspired you to practice in the first place. So a person who embodied qualities that you inspire towards, or just the prospect of release from suffering, a teaching, an experience you've had that really meant something to you. Those are very important for reminding yourself that doubt can be a series of thoughts that are not necessarily true. So with that, um, you might not be experiencing doubt at all this evening. And if that's the case, I'm delighted. We can be thankful when we're wholeheartedly here for the practice. But if it does arise, just allowing and um, as I offer the guided meditation this evening, as always, if what I'm saying fits for you, wonderful. If it does not fit, allow my voice to fade into the background and simply continue um, with whatever Brahma Vihara practice is most useful to you in this moment based on what's arising in you in this moment. So with that, settling into the meditation in the ways that are most supportive for you, that you know and trust. Accepting, receiving and fully allowing what is here right now in this moment. allowing it to be present for as long as it needs to be known and to pass or change at its own pace, staying with 
whatever is arising or present moment to moment. Accepting all of ourselves, all of our experience, just as it is. If doubt is something that is present for you, or it is a frequent visitor or relevant for you or someone in your life about whom you care, a living person whom you know to be afflicted with doubt, either calling yourself to mind or calling this person to mind, Who you know suffers from doubt. Could be doubt in themselves, or if they're a meditator, doubt in their practice. Allowing yourself to touch into difficulty of that state, how it depletes a person of energy, robs them of confidence, possibly leaves the person who's experiencing doubt, leaves them confused. If it's you, picturing yourself, and if it's someone else, picturing them in your full humanity. The part that wishes to come to freedom from suffering, and yet experiences life's ups and downs and sometimes takes them to heart in a way that causes doubt. Sending yourself or that person compassion This can be in the form of radiating the sensations of compassion that arise in your heart, mind, and body as you think of the way that this is challenging. Wholeheartedly feeling that compassion going from your heart to their heart. Or you can whisper in the mind or listen to 
supportive phrases like the ones I'll offer. I care about your confidence, your state of mind, and your ability to benefit from freedom. I see your struggle with doubt, all while you're wanting lasting freedom, lasting happiness. May exploration and inquiry serve you to bring an end to doubt. May doubt come to an end. May you be free of suffering. And continuing in silence with wishes from your own heart in your own words to yourself, to the person you're meditating and sending these compassionate wishes to.
So a possible reflection question for this evening as we go into breakout groups is, could be examples of how compassion practice may have helped you with any obstacles in your daily life? Or if you haven't had a chance to use it, how you might like to bring compassion practice to bear to challenges, either hindrances or any challenges or obstacles that you meet in daily life. And as we go into the breakout groups, um, some considerations uh, that are helpful. One is that um, you can benefit from this as a continuation of your practice, of your mindfulness meditation. It's a rare opportunity to be able to practice uh, with wise speech, where you can do it slowly and deliberately when it's your turn to speak, share something, knowing what your intention is, and sharing it in a way that's useful for you and useful for others, um, and sharing one brief thing at a time, then letting the next person have their turn, and going around the circle multiple times so that you each get a chance to be inspired by one another. And at the same time, not needing to share anything but what is going on for you. So we don't, uh, we try to respect one another by letting each other have the space to speak without crosstalk, without commentary or advice. And just each person sharing and going around that way can be very rich practice to um, learn a lot from one another. And then um, when we return to the main group, um, we keep what was said in the group confidential, except your own experience. So um, with that, we'll spend 10 minutes in these groups. And it's a very generous act, um, very compassionate act to spend time listening to one another. So I hope you'll appreciate yourself before, during, and after for that generosity in these groups. With that, um, if you find yourself in a group alone or in a room alone, don't worry. I'll find you and I'll move you. So enjoy your 10 minutes together. Welcome back, everyone. Um now we have about nine minutes to share any inspirations that came up, any questions, uh, to just share a little bit about what you learned or also protests are welcome. So anything that you'd like to share. And you can raise your hand or if you're on the phone and um, you're not visible, you can unmute yourself. Barbara, please. Um, There you go. uh, My breakout uh, partner and I both uh, felt uh, are feeling a lot of uh, compassion for the People in Lahaina today, uh, my daughter is on an airplane just 
coming home, she got on the airplane to leave, uh, return to the mainland just as we started. So my, my, um, thoughts during the meditation were, may you be safe. Yes. You know, may you be healthy. And, and, and then in the compassion, she, she called from the airport saying that she was, the family was all safe and they were coming home. But she said that the, the people of Lahaina who had the least lost the most. And she was feeling very sad. So that was, um, also, um, uh, something that I was feeling compassion for the mm-hmm. people there. Yes, thank you so much, Barbara. Yeah, the the people of Lahaina have lost everything, and so many people around the world have lost everything. So, compassion practice is so important right now, and always. Izzy, please. Um, I don't know if it's emotional intelligence, but I think it kind of is for me when I practice love and kindness meditation. And someone in the room, I was use the word being able to connect the dots where I've been like going back to like years ago and going, oh, that's what was going on. <laughs> and it's common sense stuff that I didn't really get that I'm kind of like connecting the dots more. And it, it's, it's a form of emotional intelligence. And, I'm an actor, but what I've noticed since I've been doing this is like individual conversation and relationships, I'm able to change the energy better and quicker mm-hmm. since I've been practicing, you know, mm-hmm. thanks. Thank you, Izzy. Yeah, the there's deep healing available when we open compassion and open it to ourselves because there can be a lot in our background that is still sitting with us that can heal through compassion and loving kindness practices. So thank you for sharing that, Izzy. And thank you to uh, those who have sent some chats. Other reflections? Amy, please. Um, coming back after some time of travel and um, some beautiful moments and uh, and then I really like missing this group and really grateful for this group. Uh, it's definitely things in my life right now between Maui and um, a close friend of mine uh where I've had to have moments of like deep compassion around like the fragility of life. And um, even though it's been some time since I've been here with you all, it's like carried you all like with me and carried these practices with me. And I was able to meet, meet moments, I think in ways that my heart felt um, like there was, there was some deep access to, to, to care um, into wisdom for like when you don't have the words, you know, you just show up with presence. Um, 
And I was really lucky as I uh, found this uh, jade little smiley Buddha um, in my travels. And uh, and I feel like now when I put my hand on my heart, not only am I like tuning into the metta, but I've got like the Buddha, the Buddha there with me too. Um, so yeah, bittersweet things, but you know, just so appreciative of you, Liz, and everybody here and the dharma yeah wonderful thank you amy and thank you so much for naming that it doesn't have to be in words we can feel this practice of radiating compassion radiating loving kindness we can just feel it on a bodily level and send it on a bodily level it's wonderful Jerry, please. Uh, first of all, big shout out of thanks, uh, Liz, for again another uh, wonderful meditation and uh, on issues of doubt and others' comments. Um, I guess sometimes the way I deal with doubt is um, uh, there's a UBC, University of British Columbia, a psychologist uh, talked about mindfulness uh, meditation. Uh, uh, using your uh, mind to change your brain to change your mind. And uh, so um, I guess I, I sometimes I remember there were, I think in 1985, three papers a year in PubMed on the efforts of and influences of mindfulness. Now they're three a day. So, of course, some not to take away from the Dharma, but in terms of at least understanding that meditation has, uh, for the doubting Thomas's, uh, uh, clear immunological and uh, neurological and psychological benefits. So mm-hmm. sometimes I um, uh, find comfort in that when I start to doubt. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And And there is a lot of comfort in some of the things that have been discovered through psychological research and psychology. And uh, one of the phrases I love the most that could apply to both worlds is something one of my Tibetan Buddhist friends says, using the mind to turn the mind. And, you know, that's similar to doubting the doubt or, you know, using this this prefrontal cortex that we're gifted with and cursed with, um, using it to have us realize that sometimes we can think things that absolutely are not true to our detriment. And we can overcome that with these wonderful tools that you mentioned, Jerry, the research. Thank you. So we have one minute left. And in that minute, I want to, first of all, thank Anne for her generosity this evening. Thank you so much. And for coming on Tuesday. I so appreciate that. And to thank all of you for your generosity and your compassion with one another. It's it's truly a special thing to come to this group and see the same people offering each other kindness and compassion and offering it to yourselves, I hope, as well, in healthy doses every evening. So take a moment to appreciate one another and yourself. And when you're ready, you can unmute and say good night to one another. Thank you. Good night, Barbara. Good night.
Thank you so much. Be well, Serena. Be Thank well, you. everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.